this morning we uh, we're kind of going to deviate from from this series. I was talking to Carolyn on Friday. We were out here in the office, and she gave me my list of things I had to do. And I just and I told her I said, man, I said, I, 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 the word this weekend is good. It's good. The next step, the next stage of of this of this series dealing with the crown of thorns and the blood that was shed from the crown of thorns. And I said, it's good. It's a good word, man. It's exciting. And man, but I just I don't have peace about it. I don't have peace about it. And um, and so. Later that night, I got home and finally got still and quiet. How many know it pays to be still and quiet in the presence of God? Yes, it does. And finally on Friday night was the night that I got home and I was like, okay, God, I just, I got that we're ready to roll, but I just, I, I don't feel like this, this is what you're wanting to say this week. What is it? And he began to lay some things on my heart. And so today we're going to take a one-week kind of hiatus. And, and, and how many know we, we always want to bring a good word, but we always want to bring a God word? And, and so this week, I, man, I just, I felt the whole, as soon as I got quiet and still, the Holy Spirit just began th- throwing things uh, in, in my mind. And, and so th- this week, I, I believe this is a God word for some people. I, there are people in this room this morning that you're not here by accident. You may have drug yourself to church this morning when the saints come dragging in. You may have drug yourself all over to get to church this morning, but God has a reason and a purpose for you being here today. Oh, yes, he Amen? Amen? And so I believe this is going to speak to some people. I believe this is going to speak to some hearts because this isn't a Jared Cloud thing. This is a God thing this morning. And, and God, God wants to say some things. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, that's where I want to start. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. The writer of Hebrews says, You need to persevere. So that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he's promised. You need to persevere. So that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he's promised. How many want to receive what God's promised in your life? I want to receive what God's promised in my life. I want to do the will of God in my life so that I can receive what he has promised in my life. And sometimes, how many of that takes perseverance? Don't we love that word, perseverance? Persevere. Pastor, what should I do? Persevere. No, I want something better. (laughs) What should I do? Should I quit? Should I move on? Should I strangle them? What should I do? Persevere. I don't like that. Persevere. I hate that. Persevere. I think it's such a powerful verse. Because God can make a promise that we might never possess if we don't learn how to persevere. God will make a promise. He will make you a promise that you will never possess if you never learn how to persevere. And I want you to know this morning, I'm, I'm talking to the man behind the pulpit too. God will make a promise that we will never possess if we never learn how to persevere. How I many that's true in relationship, that's true in church, that's true in marriage, that's true on your job, that's true in your spiritual growth, that's true in your business. There are promises made that if we don't possess... Okay, there are promises made that we will never possess if we don't know how to persevere. And so I want to speak to somebody in this room this morning who you know in your heart, you know in your heart that things, you're on the verge, you're on the verge of maybe stopping, 
This, this is what the Lord just laid out. You're on the verge of maybe stopping, stopping maybe in your relationship with him, stopping maybe in your relationship in your marriage, stopping maybe your, your job or maybe something you've been praying for, uh, maybe a loved one you've been praying for, maybe a business or whatever it might be, but you're on the verge of stopping because nothing is happening. But he spoke something into your heart, and that something is still echoing in your heart today. It may be faint, it may be quiet, but it's still there, and he's got a word for you today. He's got a word for you today. So how many are with me this morning? All right, all right. Sounds like everybody went to the after prom. All right, come on, let's go. Let's go. Free Red Bulls for everybody (laughs) next week. (laughs) We're going to serve Resurrection Red Bulls. That's what we're going to serve. I'm going to go to an Old Testament passage, and I'm going to take from an Old Testament passage an illustration that we can read, and I think it will speak. It's the sixth book of the Bible, and it's the sixth chapter of the sixth book of the Bible. It's Joshua chapter 6. It's an interesting chapter because it describes how God's people... uh, uh, had to conquer a land that had been given to them. It was theirs, but yet they weren't living there. And I, I think a lot of life is like that because the scripture says that God has, has promised us, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, right? That's what the word of God says. So whatever is working in Christ is supposed to be working in us. Come on, somebody. And so peace is in Christ. Peace is supposed to be working on us. Joy is in Christ. Joy is supposed to be working on us. Love is in Christ. Love is supposed to be working on us. Strength is in Christ. Strength is supposed to be working in us. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So what he's blessed Christ with is supposed to be working in us. I want it working in me. You want it working in you? I want it working in me. So just, but just because God has promised something doesn't mean I possess it. In Joshua chapter 6, we're going to see God's people as they're about to take possession. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, it says this. It says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in, uh, excuse me, no one went out, and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go in, everyone straight in. I, I think about this passage. And when I think about this passage, I think there's, there's, there's a few reasons we're going to get to today a few reasons why we stop short of possessing what God's promised. Okay, there's a few reasons we stop short of possessing what God's promised. And the first thing is, is I, I think that, that our vision gets blocked. Our perspective gets blocked. Now, what do I mean by that? As, as you're studying a little bit about Jericho, how many have ever heard the song, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho? Come on, I'm ready this morning. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and what happened? Oh, y'all didn't do it. Y'all sitting there. You got to get up, and the walls came tumbling down, right? Y'all know what I'm saying? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Come on, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. That's right. Man, isn't that awesome? So we, you know the song? 
You know the song? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. I was just thinking, if Joshua heard us singing that, he might not be too happy. Because we have oversimplified the battle that Joshua had to fight. We've oversimplified that. We, 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 we just sing it, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. That was easy, right? <laughs> no! Joshua would be like, are you ignorant? Do you know what I see? Because what? Oh. Joshua, uh, Jericho was the first city in the promised land that God's people had to possess, okay, before they could take everything that God had given them. It was the first how many know oftentimes the first battle is the hardest? The first battle is the hardest. It's like getting up and going to the gym in the morning. If you can just put your laces on and get to the gym, you can work out. It's getting up. <laughs> it's getting those laces on. It's getting to the gym. If you make it to the gym, you're going to get in the gym. And if you get in the gym, it will God bless you, Right? It's the first battle that's always the hardest. Sometimes getting started is the hardest part. I've been dieting for 17 years. And I'm ready to get started next week. Why? Because getting started is the hardest part. I go and I open up my pantries and I see cookie crisp and fig newtons and chips ahoy and Cheez-Its. And I see all this stuff and I think, I can't start a diet until all this is gone. If I throw this out, that's not being a good steward of God's resources. And somehow for the last 17 years, that stuff keeps popping back up into the pantry. And I have no idea how. So I've been getting started for 17 years. I can't wait to get started again tomorrow. I'll say the same thing next week. <laughs> getting started is the hardest part. Right. It it, I was studying about Jericho. What the song doesn't tell you is that Joshua spent 45 years in the wilderness, wandering in the wilderness because the generation that went before him didn't have the faith to go in. And so now for 45 years, he has waited to even get this opportunity to go into Jericho. And so Joshua is watching us with all of our cute little hand motions and body motions. He's watching us with all of our little kids' church stuff. And Joshua's like, oh, my goodness, no. That is not what I'm talking about. And the walls did not just come tumbling down. Thank you. Right? There's a little bit more. It's not as simple as we've made it sound, sometimes when we see someone else's victory, we oversimplify their process. Oh, come on, somebody. When we see someone else's victory, we oversimplify their process, and we assume it was easy for them. And the walls just came tumbling down, right? That's a Patrick, oh, Patrick back there, he just prays, and when he prays, he gets everything he wants, Right? And Patrick prays and the walls came tumbling down, right? We have no idea what that man has went through. We have no idea the nights he's prayed. We have no idea the times that he said, God, it's got to be you. We have no idea what he has had to persevere through to get to where he's at. Amen? Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm just using Patrick as an illustration. I've, I have no idea what's going on. I'm just saying. You understand what I'm saying? He might be sitting there going, how did you know? <laughs> I, I'm, just an illustration. Just an illustration. Glad we already took up the offering. 
All right. Sometimes we see someone else's victory, we oversimplify their process. Jericho was not a very big city. Jericho is actually a pretty small city. When they marched around Jericho, they said they could march around it in probably less than an hour. It was a pretty small city. And it wasn't so that Jericho was so big that it was challenging for them to conquer. It was that Jericho's walls were so high. You mind if I stop right here and preach for a second? We've just been talking now. Can I preach? Because some of the stuff that's not happening in your life, some of the stuff that God's promised you that you haven't received yet, some of the stuff you're intimidated by, it's not that it's that much bigger than you, it's that our perspective gets blocked by how high the walls are. Oh, come on, somebody. Woo, doggy. We about to preach up in this house. That's why you are wise when you come to church. Woo, doggy, that was pretty redneck, wasn't it? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Bless the Lord. That's why it is wise for you to come to church because one of the great things about church is it lifts our perspective to see beyond the walls of our problems. It should lift our perspective to see beyond the obstacles and the opposition that we face. As long as all you're looking at in your life is walls. That's, come, how you know, that's where a lot of people spend six days a week. We go to a job, we see walls. We go home to a marriage, it's really, really rough and rocky, and we see walls. We go to a relationship with kids, or a relationship with mom and dad, we see walls. We, come on, we, we, we go to the desk where we do our work, and we see walls. We, come on, somebody, we, we, we go here, and all we see, we're, we're involved in this community thing, but when we get there, there's problems, and all we see is walls. We spend six days a week, many people do, looking at walls, looking at setbacks, looking at deficits, looking at our past, looking at our failures, looking at our problems, looking at at our walls but when we come to church we get around other people and we start praising God with other people and when you praise God with other people it reminds you I'm not in this thing all by myself I'm not alone I've got other people that are pursuing God right there with me and there's something about making an effort to get into God's presence that elevates our perspective so that we can see beyond our problems that we can see beyond the wall that we can see beyond what's blocking our vision we can see beyond our past we can see beyond what the enemy is trying to do in our life and when we see beyond the wall we see the enemy we realize that really really the enemy is intimidated of us the whole time why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Yes! Yes. Come on. You just got to look over the wall sometimes. And that's why we're here this morning. We're here this morning because we're, we're looking beyond the wall. We're looking beyond the wall. Now, verse 1. The gates of Jericho. Y'all still with me? Oh, that was a good introduction. Here we go. In verse 1, some of y'all are like, uh, 2 o'clock? Yeah, about 2, all right? Verse 1, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in, okay? Now, that, that's verse 1. Verse 2, the Lord says to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. Now, these two verses don't go together. Right? God must have forgot what he said in verse 1. And, and then verse, I, I, my, my, my problem with verse 2 is verse 1. Because verse 2, he says, see, I've given you Jericho. 
Okay? See, I'm getting now, first of all, only God can speak in a past tense about a battle you haven't even fought yet. That's how big God is. That's how big God is. That's how confident God is, is in his ability. We haven't even started the first round yet, and God's already talking to you about the victory plan. Come on. You have the victory because God says, my purpose will prevail. But watch, I'm telling you, verse 1 looks nothing like verse 2. Verse 2, he says, see, I've given Jericho into your hands. Verse 1, the gates of Jericho were securely barred. God says, see, you've got this. And Joshua says, all I see is walls. Come on, somebody. God says, see, I've given it to you. And Joshua says, nope, don't see a thing. All I see is walls. Have you ever felt like in your life that, what, that, that, that your life doesn't match up with what God's placed in your heart? Anyone ever been there? You? Me? Anybody? Have you ever felt like God's speaking to you about victory but all you feel is defeat? You ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like God was speaking to you about healing but you're broken? Have you ever felt like God's telling you, instructing you in your heart to give something away while you have needs yourself? I'm, 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 I'm just asking. Have you ever had a season in your life where your revelation doesn't match your reality? Oh, that's where, that's where Joshua's at. His perspective is blocked. And that's why God gave us this man sitting on the front row, front and center right here. He gave us a pastor, a pastor that we can serve with, a pastor who will come alongside of us so that we can, he can raise that perspective. We can get in the word, and he brings the word, and as he brings the word, it raises our perspective to see beyond the wall, to see into the promise. Come on, somebody. Man, if you agree with that, come on, put your hands together. Clap right now. All right. Secondly, I think a lot of us stop short because progress isn't always obvious. It's not always obvious. God speaks to Joshua. He says, march around the wall six days. On the seventh day, march seven times. It's going to be awesome. The walls are coming down. So Joshua calls the people together. Now follow me here. He's, he's going to show them. I'm going to show you something really cool here. The, the, the Bible is amazing like this. Joshua summoned the priests. And he said, take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. They got this instruction to start marching. And Joshua, after he told the people, verse 8, it says, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. So they made progress, right? Made progress. Everyone said made progress. Made progress. It feels good to make progress, doesn't it? Feels good. I'm telling you, those two days I did diet and I stepped on the scales, and I saw that I went down a couple of pounds. Felt good. Yeah. I should try this again in a few years. Yeah. Felt so good. Felt so good. When you're making progress, just to see things going in the right direction. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. When you get a check in the mail you've been waiting on, you know, oh, yes, progress. I can pay the bill. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Feels good to make progress. Yeah. I like making my bed in the morning when I get up. There's something about making the bed. When you come back home from work and you see a bed made, you realize I started off the day making progress. There's progress. I didn't start the morning the same way I left the night. Come on, somebody. I made progress. I get frustrated if I can't see progress. Anybody with me? The armed guard, verse 9, marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army to not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once, and then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. 
Joshua got up early the next morning. The priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord, blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. They did this for six days. Six days. Now, I want to get all up in this story right now, okay? Because I want you to feel what these men must have felt as they're watching, as they're walking, ready to take charge into this city and wage war. But for six days straight, all they did was take a walk. That's all they did. Let me tell you, if I was God, because I know me, and if I was God, as they made a march around the wall on that first day, how many remember the game Tetris? Anybody remember Tetris? When you get a full line, what would happen? It, it disappear, and then, right? It'd come down. And then when you got three or four lines in a row, man, that's, that'd be, if I was God, because I know me, if I was God, as they marched around that city the first day, on day one, when they got done, I would have brought the wall down just a little bit, right? Like Tetris. I, I would have had a little piece of the wall that kind of, they kind of come down so that people can look up and go, hey, yeah, look at there. Oh, I'm tired now. Look at that. The wall, the wall is falling. If, if, if I was God, because I know how I am. I need to see progress. I don't mind sacrifice. I don't mind working hard. I don't mind putting up with stuff. But I need to know, does my pain have a purpose? Is there a purpose that this is serving? Is something going to happen? There's a, is there a point to this? But the Bible says they walked around the city the first day and a little bit of the wall fell. And the second day and then a little bit, no, it doesn't say that at all. Instead, if you're one of these fighting men, you come home to your wife after that first night, just imagine that conversation. Your wife will say, How, how'd it go, honey? We going in? What's it look like in there? Is it amazing? Who'd you kill today, my little warrior? My little strong warrior. Right? Well, honey, uh, baby, we didn't fight today. Today is more like spring training, kind of preseason. We just went out for a walk. But tomorrow, tomorrow, I bet tomorrow, tomorrow's game time. Joshua probably just wants us to get acclimated to the conditions, wants us to get our muscles stretched out, wants us to get a vision for what's going to happen. That, that is what's going on. So you come home on day two. And they did this for six days. Well, you say that's not long. Well, it's long when you've been waiting in the wilderness for 45 years. And now you're looking at it, but you can't go in. So you're out on the second day. And you come home, and your wife says, baby, how was your day today? Well, you know, babe, I think Joshua needs to talk to somebody. Dr. Phil, is he available? Because Joshua, not only are we just walking around, he, he thinks we're a stinking marching band. Because we're just walking around these walls. And not only are we walking around these walls, he told us we can't talk. I think he's got some internal issues he needs to deal with. He needs to sit on the couch with Oprah or something. Because this isn't working out. This isn't going. All we did was march in silence. Which, by the way, why do you think Joshua told him to march in silence? 
because 45 years earlier he knew that the spies went in if they had kept their mouth shut about the situation and and, and advanced in faith they would have already possessed the land but it was their mouth that got them in problem it was the mouth that was speaking negative it was the mouth that was saying we can't do this it was the mouth that was their own worst enemy come on how many know your mouth and your thoughts can be your own worst enemy oh this is good preaching Sometimes we got to get advice. Sometimes we got to express how we feel. I understand that. I just got to express how I feel. We understand that. Well, come on, somebody. But sometimes the best strategy is keep your mouth shut and march. Oh. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? We went to church and the preacher told me, be quiet. But sometimes the best strategy is keep your mouth shut and march. Come on, touch three people right now and tell them, be quiet and march. Be quiet. You know you always want to tell someone, be quiet in church. Three days, four days, five days, six days, no action. Oh, and by the way, haven't you dropped the bomb yet? This is what blows my mind. You know how God told Joshua after six days, on the seventh day, the walls were going to fall? Remember that? Well, guess what Joshua does not tell the people? He doesn't say a single word about how long they're going to be doing this. Read it. Never tells them. Never tells them. Joshua gets the people. He says, advance, march, keep your mouth shut, and when we get there, I'll tell you. That reminds me of rides in the vehicle with my mother. How many know what I'm talking about? Mom, are we there yet? No, keep your mouth shut, and I'll let you know when we get there. How much longer, Mom? Five more minutes. Five minutes. How much longer? Five more minutes. How much longer, Mom? Five more minutes. Right? Keep your mouth shut back there. And when you didn't keep your mouth shut, the holy hand of God swooped back. And my little five-foot-nothing mother had arms that could stretch out ten foot somehow when I was in the back seat. Go, go, gadget arms. Get that boy. Right? How many know what I'm talking about? The other night, this ain't even in my notes. The other night, <laughs> we were at the revival on Wednesday night at, at, the, at the Christian church, listening to Ray Perriman, and we took all of our youth there. And, man, you know, and we, you know, youth like to talk. Teenagers like to talk. And, and so uh, Ray was speaking, and as he's speaking, I hear I'm kind of sitting right about halfway where, where the youth are, so I kind of keep an eye on all of them. And, and, but back behind me a few rows, I could hear some, some teenagers. They were, they were probably just asking questions about the Bible or something. But without even thinking, without, I'm, I promise, I did not think about this. I went, like, real loud. I can't do it right now because I'm all sweaty. But back, it just, boom, and it echoed throughout the whole church. And immediately I thought, oh, my goodness, I am my mother. I have turned into my, because I can remember my mom giving me that holy snap, you know. And that snap meant I'm snapping at you right now, but when we get home, I'm snapping you. Right? My mom. And I did. I was like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) My mom. (laughs) All right, back to the sermon. He doesn't tell them how long. He doesn't tell them how many laps. So it's not like they can say, okay, only five more days of this, only four more days. All they know is we're going out for a walk this morning. Maybe this is it, maybe not. Maybe Joshua has lost his ever-loving mind. For all I know, man, we we signed up for marching band class. This is the Israeli marching band because this is not madden up. 
What's up with the trumpets? I don't want to use trumpets. I want to use my sword. I'm a warrior. I want to go kill something. Right? And this is the third reason we stop short. Because process is always open-ended. It's always open-ended. When I played basketball in high school, I had a coach who would make us do drills, and we had to finish certain drills in certain periods of time, or we had to do the drill again. But he would never tell us. Ten, nine, eight, nope. He just kept quiet. We finished it, and he'd go, nope, back on the line. If you would do a countdown or something, at least letting us know where we stood and where we're at and how much longer we have, maybe that would help. How many know what I'm talking about? How many wish your dreams from God had a countdown? How many wish the promises of God had a countdown? Where you could see, okay, we're almost there. We're almost there. Only five more days. I only, only a little bit longer. I've got to endure these exercises. Okay? Uh, I, uh, I, I've, I've got three things working against me right now. I've got walls. I can't even see what I'm pursuing, what I'm fighting against, what it's going to be like. I've got walls. I've got problems, and I've got no progress. And I'm marching around this place, and nothing is happening. And that's when God says, will you still pray to me when the answer hasn't come for six days? Will you still serve me when no one else even appreciates you? When no one else even says anything about you? Will you still show up when it doesn't even feel like you're making a difference? Will you still give even when you're not seeing provision flow back? Will you still? And that's the question he wants to know. Will you still? Will you march simply because I told you to? Not because of the benefit of it, not because you saw progress, but because God wants me to. God wants me to. I'm working when what you're doing doesn't seem to be working, says God. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm working when what you are doing doesn't seem to be working. In this, will you trust me? And this is the essence of faith because it's walking around these walls that prepared them for the fight, that prepared them for the giants, once they got into the promised land. It was all about not what God did to the wall. It was all about what God did on the inside. So many times we're looking at what God wants to do on our outside that we fail to miss what he's trying to accomplish on the inside. Oh, come on, son. God, what is this? How is this going to work for me? And God said, forget about working for you. I want to work in you first. I want to do a work in you. And I came this morning, I'm done. This is complete. My message was real simple, what God laid on my heart. Some of you guys are on lap number six, and you don't even know it. You're on lap number six, and you don't even know it. And the next lap, don't quit. Don't quit. Persevere. Keep going. Keep praying. Keep serving. Keep giving. Don't quit. Because the next lap, the walls are going to fall. The walls are going to fall. You might be tired. It doesn't make sense, but don't stop. I wonder how many people gave up on their marriage on lap six. I wonder how many people gave up on their ministry on lap six. I wonder how many people gave up on their kids on lap six. I wonder how many people gave up on their future on lap six. How many people gave up on, on their dream on lap six. How many people gave up on lap six. And God said, just one more time. Just give me one more time. Make one more lap around this place. And when you make one more lap around this place, the quote, 
close, man, you're closer than you've ever been. You might be tired, you might be weary, you might be wounded, but don't stop. Keep going. If you will walk this lap like it's your last lap, one of these times it is going to be. It's going to be. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't quit. And don't give up. Because Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. The walls came down. There's a lot more to the process. And right now you're in the process. You're in the process that Joshua thought about. Man, why are they singing a song about this? This is much more than a song. Because right now you're in that process. And if we just said, hey, Craig, he just fought a battle and the walls came down. Craig would be like, give me a break. Are you kidding me? We talked about that. We talked about Bill. Bill, Bill, he just, he, he just fought a battle and the walls came down. Bill, are you kidding me? You know some of the stuff I had to endure? You know some of the things I had to persevere with? You look over at Jerry. Jerry, he just fought the battle and the walls just come down. You're a joke. Jerry's like, do you understand the stuff I've had to go through? The hell I've had to walk through to get to heaven? It wasn't just a battle. It was a process. But in that process, God did something in here so that he could do something out there. So that when he did something out there, I was ready to live out there and not be denied for another 45 years. Come on, somebody. Stand to your feet with me this morning. our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning I told you you didn't come to church by accident today some of you you might be on the very verge of quitting something God's promised to you maybe that deals with a dream maybe that deals with something that a vision God's placed in your life Maybe that deals with your business, with your job, with your career. Maybe it deals with your family. Maybe it deals with your marriage. Maybe you're just on the verge of quitting, having hope, having joy. He's like, I'm, I'm going to continue to live and I'm going to continue to love God, but I'm, I'm just giving up on this whole joy thing. Endured too much. You're on the verge of just saying that it works for everybody else. I see them and their victory. I see them and their victory. It's just not for me. It's just not for me. You're on the verge of giving up. You're on the verge of saying, God, I'm I'm done with that. Maybe you're just here and you're on the verge of being done with God as a whole. God's brought you here this morning, not by accident, not by chance, but but by divine purpose and divine intervention. This word's for you. Don't quit. Don't quit. And maybe some of the best advice for all of us, I know especially for me,
Just keep your mouth shut and march. Keep your mouth shut and march. And I know, man, that's that's hard. That's hard. But it's what he said. You want the wall to fall? Close the mouth. Close the mouth. Hold on to faith and march. Keep serving. Keep giving. Keep loving. Keep coming. Don't quit. Come to church. We don't feel like it. Keep coming. Be here so the word and worship can elevate your perspective to see beyond the wall. Because walls were meant to fall. And that wall is going to fall. But you do exactly what God's told you to do. Keep marching. If this resonates with anyone in this place this morning, will you raise your hand up right now? Right now. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you today. God, you see every hand that was raised. God, you see every hand that went forward and said, God, it's, it's me. This word's for me today. God, probably 20 hands in this place. God, that you wanted to speak to this morning. Thank you for stopping, stopping the world, stopping plans, stopping agendas, and God speaking to us today through your inspired word. God, I pray. I pray for those who said, Lord, I'm, I know exactly what you're saying. God, I pray for strength in their life. God, that they would do exactly what you've asked them to do. God, that they would not deviate from your plan. That they would not say, you know what, it, it would be cool is if we just got to tear these walls down ourselves. No, it's, it's not about that. It's about what you want to do in us so that you can do through us. And so this morning, God, for every hand that was raised, I, I pray a blessing upon them. I pray that this word would just resonate in their heart and in their life. God, I, I pray that this week as they go throughout their week and they just sense that, God, I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost ready just to throw in the towel on this. God, I pray that strength would rise up on the inside and they would hear these words, keep quiet and march. I'll be with you. I'll do supernatural things through you and for you and in you, but you have to trust me. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep serving, keep loving, keep forgiving, keep honoring, keep going. And so, Father, this morning I pray, I pray for those and ask your blessing upon them today. God, that we might be strengthened by your power in this place. We ask all this in Jesus' mighty name. Still with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask this one last question. You're here right now. And you're on the verge of just walking out on your faith completely. You're on the verge of just walking out on your faith completely. I I don't know if this thing's for me. I don't know if this serving God fits for me. I see it work for them. I see it work for them. I'm just not sure about me. God's opened this door to speak to you one more time. And say, I love you. I've got you. I've got you, I've got you, I've got you. This is for you. This is my love for you.
Don't quit. Don't give up. Hang in there today. If that speaks to anyone in this place, will you slip your hand up right now? Anybody in the house? Yeah. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, thank you, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your name. I want everyone in this place to pray this prayer with me. There are three of you that raise your hand. And you said, Pastor, I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there. We want, we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you, and we're going to. But right now, you three that raise your hand, man, will you just say this? Don't let these be words that flow from my mouth. Let these be words that come from your heart. As this morning, you just make this declaration to God. Because you're saying, I'm, I'm on the verge. I'm not, I'm not totally out yet, but I'm on the verge. We believe God wants to do something special in your heart this morning. Would you say this with me? Say, Lord, I come to you today, and I'm in need of you. Life has got me. The cares of this world has got me. It's blocked my perspective. It's blocked my vision of what you've promised. But today this word was spoken for me that that might elevate my eyes and my heart to see beyond my walls, to see into your promise and to see what you've already given. So today I make up this decision in my mind and in my heart. I will serve the Lord. I will not quit. I will not fail. I will not falter. I will not backtrack. And I will not backslide. I'm standing firm today. I'm standing in his strength. I'm standing in his power. I'm standing in his might. And I'm standing in his love. When all I can do is stand, therefore I will stand. So today, I stand in the name of Jesus and I will march and I will love and I will serve and I will honor and I'll keep going and I will not quit because he hasn't quit on me. In Jesus' name, amen.